The Dental Practice Fixers podcast is brought to you by the Meadow Center for Dental Practice Success. To find out how we can help increase the success of your practice, check out meadow.com or call us at 1-800-258-0060. to a really, really unique edition of the Dental Practice Fixers podcast, because by request of our guest today, we're doing something that we've never done before on the Dental Practice Fixers, and I think you're about to find out what it is. But before that, of course, I just have to mention that if you're not using fat merchant in your practice, you are losing money because they don't charge a percentage for their credit card transactions. Fat Merchant is a company that processes your, your credit card charges. And the company you're using now, of course you have to pay Visa, MasterCard, whatever, but the company that you're using now charges you an overage percentage every time someone whips out their credit card. Fat Merchant just charges a low monthly fee. So you gotta find out what they can do for your practice. And you know what? They're going to give you a $25 Amazon gift card just for checking it out. So go to maddo.com slash gift, M-A-D-O-W.com slash gift. You'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. When you speak to someone, they're very cool, low pressure. They'll let you know if that merch is right for you. And if it is right for you, which it will be, you will be saving hundreds or thousands every month, just like we do at the Matter Center and just like thousands of dentists are doing across the country. Okay, so check it out, maddo.com slash gift. Now, what is so different? What is so unique about today's Dental Practice Fixers podcast? Well, a listener sent in a question and I contacted the listener because I thought the question was really interesting. And he said he would actually like to appear on the podcast to discuss his own question with one caveat. The caveat is he has to go anonymous. So, if our producer extraordinaire, Rory, did a nice job with this, you can see our guest, you can hear our guest, but you won't be able to tell who he is. I'm, I'm picturing this, and again, I don't know what it looks like at the point of recording, but I'm picturing it looks like one of those uh, 60 minutes or, you know, Dateline episodes where the person doesn't want to be seen and they're all blacked out. I've always wanted to be in the Witness Protection Program. Okay, Dr. Anonymous, there you are. How's it going, Witness Protection Program? <laughs> Great. I'm, I'm really glad that you're, you're taking this step and taking the risk of doing a show like this, and I appreciate the anon anonymity for sure. Well, we get a lot of interesting questions at the podcast, and this, I thought, I think was one of the more interesting, maybe controversial, I don't know, maybe some people will really be put off by it, I'm not sure, um, and that's why I contacted you to figure out, like, what were you getting at exactly, you said you'd love to come on and explain, given that you stay anonymous, so I think we have whetted the appetites or, or piqued the curiosity or whatever cliche or phrase you want to use um, I don't know where you're going to go with the answer to this question. I can see it going into some really weird territories, but let's just find out. Maybe not. And, and maybe this is something that other dentists have struggled with. Okay, so Dr. Anonymous, are you ready, my man? I'm ready. Or woman. Or woman. I think when we read the question, it'll be pretty obvious it's for a man, but whatever. Okay, okay the question is, dear dental practice fixers, how often do you think it is okay for the doctor and his staff to go out for lunch all together, or is it not okay at all? 
what are the pros and cons? Okay, that the question's still pretty normal right now. We'll definitely tackle that part of the question. Here's where it gets a little weird. What if your wife tells you she doesn't want you going out with your staff for lunch unless she is invited to? Signed, Dr. Anonymous USA. That's as much information as you get about Dr. Anonymous. Dr. Anonymous, I, I see this in several uh, several different kind of parts to this question. The, the part about your wife, let's get to that after we talk about the first part, which I think is really interesting. How often is it okay for the doctor and the staff to go out for lunch all together? Now, I'm guessing there was some tension with your wife. I don't know. You'll, you'll explain maybe a jealous spouse, maybe for whatever reason. But let's say that that's not the case. All right, let's start with that. Do you, do you take your staff out for lunch a lot? Um, I do. Uh, however, I did it once, 22 years ago. <laughs> and after that time, I was told by my wife, you're not allowed to go out for lunch with your staff unless I'm invited. And then um, only very recently, 22 years later, I had gone out with my staff three times in the last two months because I am no longer with that spouse anymore. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Let, let's, let's just start again, as I said, let, let's start by leaving the spouse out of the equation. I'm right. just saying maybe the pros and cons of taking your team out to lunch. Sure. I feel it's an incredible bonding experience. I think it's a great reward. How, how do you feel about yeah. it? Um, you know, it's funny, in, in, in medical circles, it's very common. I mean, I, I've gone out to restaurants and I've seen medical and dental staffs having a nice lunch together with the whole staff. Um, I don't see that there's, there's anything wrong with it. I mean, how many times have you seen that there's business meetings with male and female attorneys all going out for lunch? Matter of fact, there's um, next to this place I like to go for lunch, this, it's called the Middle Eastern Deli. Next door is a, a, a very famous celebrity uh, paternity and divorce attorney. And when they're in the middle of a case doing mediation, the whole office, when they have a lunch break for an hour and a half, the entire office, the whole legal team, all the paralegals, they all come over to the Middle Eastern Deli where I'm eating lunch outside and have lunch. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's common in the world. I mean, it does exist. But typical dentistry, why is it so offensive to a lot of spouses about the dentist going out to lunch with his staff. I think it's a positive thing. However, Dr. Maddow, I do feel if it's done every single day or three times a week, week in and week out, I think there is a problem because I think your staff starts to think you're more of a friend than an authority figure. And I think you overstay your welcome if you're having these lunches too much. I, I totally agree, let alone the expense, which that would really add up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I piss away money like anything. I mean, the witness <laughs> protection program, for God's sakes. <laughs> well, let's back up for a second, too. Yeah. You, you take your staff out to lunch now. How much would you say is business versus how much is just chit-chat, let's have fun, let's forget about the crown preps and the insurance companies yeah. for a while? I mean, other than making fun of patients, and I'm very good at doing voice imitations of a lot of our patients. So when you go out for lunch with me, there is no serious business discussed. It's all occasionally mentioning a patient. I'll do a voice characterization of the patient. They'll choke in their pizza. 
And we just, we have a lot of laughs. I mean, it's all, it, it, in my office, it's not a staff meeting. It's, it's going out for lunch and it's very jovial and it's very fun. Hence, doing this too much is not good because then your staff members think you're a buddy and that's not always good. It's, it's good to be a nice boss, an entertaining boss, a friendly boss, but your, your boss can't be a peer. Yeah, what do you see as the downside to getting a little too friendly with your team? Well, I'll tell you, look, uh, I'm a boss, and when things get too friendly with your team, and you have to tell, and this is coming from real stories, let's say you have to tell a staff member, look, you've, you've been slacking. Uh, let's say her name's Rhonda. Uh, Rhonda Berkowitz, and her phone number is 212. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> let's just make up the name, uh, Rhonda. Okay, so... What if you have to tell Rhonda, like, here's a perfect situation I had with the dental assistant. I said, Rhonda, when I do a consultation, let's say a cosmetic consultation with veneers, when I'm done and I leave the room, my dental assistant is supposed to stay in the room, pull up my website on the TV screen that's in front of the patient, go to my veneer gallery, and go through cases and say things to the patient like, this guy's a lawyer, this guy's a professional golfer, this guy is a doctor, and this is what we did with his teeth. Look how good he looks. So I have a, a newish dental assistant who English is not her first language, so maybe she's a little shy, but I have to tell these people sometimes, like some coaching things, like what happened when you first started working here? You used to stay in the room and make wonderful chit-chat. I mean, for God's sakes, the patients used to ask you out by the end of the appointment. Now, as soon as I walk out of the room, she goes into the lab and starts ordering supplies. So when you build up a, a relationship that's too friendly, too buddy-buddy, you start as the boss to be shy and having these important constructive criticism talks. Yeah, you know, I totally agree. And I remember way back when, when I first started my practice, um, I think I was, I was, as you said, I was friends with the staff more than I was a boss. And I was talking to um, another, a colleague at a study club one night, just talking about some of the things that happened in my office that I was a little upset with. And he just said, Rich, you're letting the tail wag the dog. And you can be friends with your staff, but you can't let the tail wag the dog. It has to be obvious that you're in charge and they can't be abusive of that or not aware of that. And he was totally right. And it doesn't mean that you've got to be, you know, a, a workhorse boss kind of person and not be friendly with your team, but they do have to know who's boss. There's no question about it. And, and they'll take advantage of you if they don't. And I'm not saying that as a knock to team members. It's just human nature that sometimes if you get away with something, you grab it. And uh, let's face it, um, um, you and myself, uh, family members, um, some dentists that you and I know in common, they're funny guys. We know some funny guys. And they're not the typical nerdy doctor that goes out with the staff and is completely straight-laced and either quiet or only discussing business with the staff. Uh, some of us are just not like that. We're just not wired that way. And it's, it's a fun, I just went out with my staff Wednesday to this piece, place called, uh, it's a pizza place. Uh, I won't tell you where it is, obviously, because uh, <laughs> I don't want the mob to kill me. Uh, but it's called oh, Pizza of Omaha, right? It's not what it's called. <laughs> of Omaha, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was an hour and fifteen minutes of laughing and people crying out of laughter. Right, that's all, that's all it was, and and it was a great release. And I remember my hygienist said, 
man, we gotta do this more often. And in my mind, I'm saying, no, we don't, this is enough. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. And again, I'll tell you, you know, I, I always go way back in my history. Before I had my practice, I was an associate with a doctor who, you kind of just described him before. The guy never smiled, never laughed. He was a good dentist. His patients liked him. He gave great treatment. Good person, but just boring. Oh, he, would he would take the team out to lunch and only either talk about work or it would just be silent because everybody was afraid to say anything. And I just thought that that was horrible. It was like, and, and it was like, it was not a, a reward to go to lunch with him. It was like a demerit because he had to sit through this stiff, boring, horrible lunch. Yeah. Couldn't wait to get out of there. And, you know, I also took that lesson into my practice. And just like you, when we went out to lunch, we had fun. When we had a team meeting, I would always have pizza brought in or, you know, deli sandwiches or whatever. But that was business. The team meetings were business, and I was I would cater them because I really appreciate everybody's input. But the lunches, that was social. And you're so right. If you do it all the time, not only does the reward wear off, but you start to get a little too buddy-buddy. Plus, I run out of material. <laughs> Take another improv class. <laughs> okay, so we've decided, we've kind of decided that. Okay. No, no, no. Oh, so the answer, the answer, I would say no more than once a month. I agree. Fair? I mean, you think that once a month? I totally, I think that's about right. What do you do with the office phones? Um, it's, um, it's forwarded to an after hours uh, cell phone, and we always bring it with us. Uh, I take it out, I take it over the weekends, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, my half day Wednesday, my office manager has it. And uh, we'll look at it to see who's calling. A lot of patients are texting now. And actually, it helped us out the other day because we were running late because we were having such a good time. And a patient called, and we got to pick up the phone and say, hey, we're running 15 minutes late. Go get a cup of coffee. And she was cool about it. We're running late because we're having too much fun at lunch. That's a tough one. I didn't get to eat because we were cracking jokes and having such a good time. I was starving. Oh, man. I, I want to meet you there for some falafels one day. That's not a great place. Okay, now let's get to the crazier part of it. Yeah. Um, your wife wouldn't let you go out to lunch with the team. What was that all about? Right. And I agree with you, Rich. I, I, I don't think that I'm the only male dentist. Or, you know, it could work the other way. A husband can certainly possibly tell his wife, I don't want you going out with, with the staff. Okay, so, so my wife said, I don't feel comfortable with you going out with your staff unless I'm invited. Now, first of all, there's no way she's going to be invited. <laughs> she, she's not in the dental profession. She's not one of these wives that works in the office full-time or part-time. She has her own profession, so that's not happening. Now, why does she feel that way? Well, why would any wife not want her husband to go out with the staff at all, no less once a month? It all goes back to, well, how solid are people's marriages? How, how trusting is, is the spouse? And uh, there are cases where you have an insecure wife and you have a bunch of 30-year-olds, uh, late 20-year-olds working in your office. I used to have older staff members. I'm, I'm a middle-aged guy. and I used to have staff that were my age, but eventually they retired. And who's out there in the workforce? It's millennials. So my office went from a bunch of mid-50s people to very attractive young girls. And some are married, some are not, and some are married, but they're in terrible marriages. 
Um, so, but so maybe, maybe your wife was right to be a little jealous or a little uh, anxious. Uh, this is what I wanted to get to. Uh, I, I understand how my wife could feel that way, but the relationship that could happen between doctor and staff or staff to coworker, coworker to coworker, those relationships get kindled in the office, not at lunch. Those kinds of relationships, if, if, I, could tell, if I could say to my wife, I would tell her, the relationship does not start at lunch. The relationship, if there is one, it, it blossoms from the office, in the office. So if she's really insecure, what she should be saying is, go out for lunch all day with the staff, but I don't want anyone working together in the day. <laughs> now that would solve the issue of extramarital affairs, etc. But my, my point is, the lunch is not going to do it. No bond. No bonds are being made, no hanky-panky at lunch. All those relationships, if they occur, and let's face it, the heart does what the heart wants to do, and that's nature, but those things blossom in the office. The lunch, in my opinion, that's not going to seal the deal. That's not going to create a relationship if the wife's worried about that. that that's my feeling. Yeah, uh, very interesting. And I will say that, you know, I'm 62, um, so when I graduated dental school, of course, we had women in our, our class in our years and, you know, some really, really, really talented people in our class. But if you take like you look back from that, because when I graduated, most of the dentists, you know, graduated 10, 20, 30 years before I did. The typical dental office was one guy surrounded by a bunch of women. Now, fortunately, that's completely changed. Um, you know, we have. I, I, over 50% of dental graduates now are women. Um, we have more males working as non-doctors in the dental practices than ever before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that, that whole dynamic, fortunately and hopefully, is really becoming a thing of the past. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. But when I started this, this answer, I said that it could work the other way. You could have a female dentist with a... You have a male hygienist, male dental assistant, male office managers are very popular, like behind the scenes men in dental practices. And look, it's possible that a guy could tell his, his uh, uh, wife doctor, listen, I don't like you know, going out to lunch with the staff. You got four single good looking guys working in your office. I feel uncomfortable you going out with the staff. So it works both ways. But I'll say it again. The relationships begin on the premises. That's where... That's where you're working together. It's it's not it's not being fired up at lunch. So let, let me ask you a completely different topic. Um, how about spouses working in the dental practice? I'm, if they're not a dentist, I'm completely against it. I just had dinner last night with a friend of mine, middle-aged dentist, with his wife, and he was telling me his partner, his his dentist partner, has a wife that they let do the books do the bookkeeping and a lot of the accounting and payroll. And my friend says she's an absolute nightmare. It's bad for morale. The, the staff doesn't, I've had lots of staff over the years and they've worked in more dental offices than I've worked in. I've only worked in two dental offices technically my whole life. These women that work for me, they've, they've, been, in, they've been in dental assisting or hygiene, some of them for 30 years. They've worked in dozens of offices and they have never said there's been a good relationship 
when a spouse works in the dental practice. And I believe them. I'm going to give a, a, a um, different opinion. I, I think there are definitely cases where it's problematic, just like you described, and worse. There's no question about it. But I've also seen spouses. And again, it's typically the dentist is the guy and the spouse is the woman. But yeah, actually, I've seen it the other way too. Yeah, times. Times. Yeah. Where, where that spouse is a really sharp, incredibly helpful, dedicated superstar member of the team who gets the respect of everyone else. And let's face it, if you're in a good, solid marriage, who has more interest in the in the growth of your practice than your spouse? No one else does other than you. And so it can work out really, really well. I think where it falls apart, and this might be the case that you're talking about, is where um, the spouse, even if they're doing a good job, but worse if they're not doing a good job, just has that kind of spouse entitlement and thinks they're a layer above everyone else. Um, Look, let's face it, they're the spouse. They're always going to get extra privileges or treated like a spouse because they are. But I think they've got to also in some ways act like a team member and pitch in. And I've seen it really work out well. I've seen all different, you know, I've seen it horrible. I've seen it great and everything in between. So I won't write it off, but I'd say proceed with caution. I, I agree. It's just that I have not yet been described a good, a good scenario. I'm sure they exist, but I'll tell you something. Let's talk about patient care and the spouse working in the office. You think there's no there's no relationship with this, but there was an ear, nose, throat doctor that I always wanted to refer to when I first came into practice where, where I am. And every time I need every time a patient needed ENT, I'd send to this guy. Well, the patients started coming back to me all mad and angry, and they said, Don't ever send me to that practice again. They told me that I don't like the doctor's wife that collects the money and works the front desk. It's very greedy. So it also depends on what position does the wife have in the dental office. I don't think you should have your wife collecting the money up at the front desk. I don't think the wife should be answering the phone. You know, accounting, fine, hiring and firing staff, um, uh, human resource kind of thing, fine. But I don't believe the wife should be taking the money at the front desk. <laughs> That's interesting. So in other words, if it were the exact same person, but she wasn't the doctor's wife, asking for money would not be distasteful, but since it's the doctor's wife, they're perceived as greedy? Yeah, because the patient- That's crazy. Because the, the patient, I even, the patient even made a comment to the dentist's wife. She said something like, oh, I guess this pays for his new Lexus outside. Now, I know much. I, I know, yeah, exactly. I know regular, I know regular uh, patients where the, where the front desk is not the doctor's wife, make comments like that. But this just seemed extra bad. This patient was really irate. She did not like the greedy doctor's wife at the front desk. Oh, I don't know, man. I'd say that patient's got to hang up with something. Well, it was more than one patient. I actually had to stop referring to that guy. Plus, he was always running late, terrible. Oh, that's, t that's worse. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, but the guy's, the guy's not an obstetrician. I don't know what the emergency is with a runny nose and a sinusitis. <laughs> and a little earwax. <laughs> yeah, which is, the, which is mostly what this guy did, was suck out ear. It was suck out wax from pe people's ears. But oh, what a job. He would have a patient scheduled at, at uh, 9 o'clock in the morning. He would show up to the office at 10.30. Inexcusable. And, and I would say to him... I mean, his first name is Common, so I'll say it's your name. This guy's name is Rich. And I'd say, Rich, why do you, how do you get away with that? How do you start your patients at 
9 a.m. you come in at 10.30. And this is what his answer always was. And this puts a description of medicine today. His answer was, because um, if uh, these patients pick me from a book of providers, and if they don't like it, they can go to another provider. I'll still have 100 more people getting health insurance picking me from that book, and they'll fill their space. So his attitude was, it just doesn't matter. My schedule is always going to be full. That guy's an a-hole. And I don't like to use foul language on the Dental Practice Fixers podcast. But he could just as easily schedule the patient at the same time he comes in and, and be a, a kind human being. What the hell? Just uh, a, another bitter physician that's really down on medicine. Now, also, I... At that time, my wife and I were kind of like going out on dates with him and his wife, and I thought we were going to be friends. But the relationship, the professional relationship got so sour, and I didn't like his attitude about patients were basically cattle. And as long as I'm hanging, you know, a piece of cattle uh, food, the cattle is going to be coming in. doesn't matter if it's in 10 30 11 30 there's just going to be this steady flow because these people are on an hmo and he's the only ent they could go to in central blah 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 county and uh, it, it ruined the relationship i didn't have respect for him so a few so 20 years later i see that uh he's not a, he's no longer a solo practicing ent guy he was bought up by one of these big companies he has no control of his office he doesn't decide who gets hired, who gets fired, and he looks pretty miserable. Good. He deserves, I hate to say it, but he deserves it. What a horrible example of the medical profession. How he was acting, which was like kind of the corporate dental model, he got what he, he, got what he wanted. He got bought up by a corporation. You know, it's interesting. I, I know a ton of dentists and physicians, and I'm going to say, I don't know if it's half and half, but so many of them are the nicest, kindest people you could ever want to know. And some of them are just the most miserable, run down, beaten down people with horrible attitudes. And you know what? I think every decision you make about your practice and your life is going to lead to you being one or the other. So decide carefully what you do, right? No, no. Yep. All right. Well, hey, this has been a crazy conversation, but we got a few secret shopper calls to get to. Right. Can we stick around and hear some? You better believe it, yeah. Okay, well, I, I did um, three calls in a row this week, and I, I just asked something very simple just to see how people answer this. I, I played the part of a patient who needed a few crowns. They were looking for a new dentist, and they wanted to know if x-rays were going to be taken because they were just a little bit leery about the safety of x-rays. Okay, shouldn't be that tough. Shouldn't be that tough. All right, let's go to call number one over here on Command Central, and let's see what we got. Dr. office, Ms. Wendy. Uh, yes, I, I think I've been told I need a couple uh, crowns, and I wanted to see if I come in for my first visit, if, if they do x-rays at that visit. They do. We would have to diagnose everything ourselves, so you would do um, an exam and x-ray. Mm -hmm. And I'm just a little concerned about x-rays being safe, you know? You, you do them on everyone? If for x-rays doing what? If they're safe, if x-rays are safe. 
Yeah, we do them once a year for people that come in for cleanings. Yeah, we do them all the time. All the time. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye. Oh, click. That click is always the loudest sound, right? Listen, the most intelligent word she said was bye. <laughs> I mean, just, you got to always remember. Well, sorry, sorry, the second quote's around. Turn off there. I'm, I'm not in control of Command Central. You got to always remember that people just don't call dental offices, other than me, of course, and say, I think I need a couple crowns and start asking questions unless they want to be a patient in that practice. There were so many opportunities there. We always talk about this. The, the person answering the phone never books an appointment. There were so many opportunities in that question to get the person in. And also she made no mention of digital x-rays and how they use less radiant. You can't tell me that that office is still dipping film into tanks. I, I would have to assume that they have digital x-rays. And you know, I, when I've done lecturing to dentists, I'm really big on what I call educational marketing. The more you tell people about what you do and how you do it, um, you're educating them and they think you're an authority. They perceive you as an expert. So start talking about your equipment have your front desk people know what equipment you have in the office. Someone says, uh, oh, I want a crown. And you say, oh, you're gonna love having a crown here. Our doctor uses digital impressions. It's no goop, no gagging goop. You're gonna love it. Talk about that you have digital x-rays and it uses minimal amount of radiation. You know, it's really funny, Dr. Anonymous. I was gonna play the second call and then pull a pop quiz on you and say what word was conspicuous in this in its absence from these answers and it was digital oh, okay. she never and you're so right she never said well radiation is not nearly as much of a concern as it used to be because we use digital x-rays it's the teensy tiny and just and i love how then and the, the patient the potential patient was asking about crowns i love your answer they're saying if you think you need a crown you're gonna love it here we don't use that goop and that junk you have to bite on it i mean just so easy Wow. Yeah, because if that patient doesn't make it, let's say you do everything possible and they still don't make an appointment, they're going to remember that you mentioned something about no goop impressions. So the next time they call another office, if they're shopping around, they're going to say, you wouldn't happen to have that digital fancy fancy uh, impressions where you don't have that goop. And if that office says, no, I'm sorry, we don't have that technology, they're going to go back and call your office and, and say, I'm going to go with you. Exactly. I think Gwyneth Paltrow uses a lot of goop in her impressions from what I've heard. <laughs> but um, all right, let's let's play another call. Great, great answers, by the way. Hey, I see her. Um, I, I've been told I need a few crowns. That was like a year ago, and I haven't done anything about it. And I want to find a, a new dental office. Um, you do crowns there? We do do crowns here. Mm-hmm. And if I came in for my, my uh, first time, I'm just a little concerned about x-rays. Do you do x-rays on everyone? We do, yes. Uh -huh. Are they safe? You think I'm just, you know, you hear all kinds of things. But yes, they are safe. We put a lead apron over you when we do the small ones in your mouth. Mm -hmm. so, yes, I, I personally think they're, they're safe. Mm. And okay. All the research does too, so. Oh. Good. Okay. Well, thank you so much for that. I appreciate the information. You are so welcome. You have a great day. Okay. You too. Bye now. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
I'll, I'll tell you a mistake right off the bat. I would never have the front desk tell a patient that's making a, a call. I would never say we do x-rays on everyone. Because you're already, patients don't want to, patients are afraid of having x-rays and you're already telling, you're already telling them that no matter what, everyone gets an x-ray. That's, that's like saying no matter what, everyone gets a filling. Everyone in the waiting room gets a filling. What I would say is, we, we do this, we, we tell people on the phone, if you have a recent set of x-rays that have been taken in less than six months, you are welcome to have them emailed to us. But if they are not clear, or if they are missing certain parts of the mouth, we are going to take our own. So people like hearing that because they're like, great, these people are not radiating me right away. I may not need x-rays, that'll be great. I may not need x-rays. I'm gonna go get those x-rays from my previous dental office. Um, I'm gonna tell him to send them to me so he doesn't get insulted and I'm jumping ship going to a new office. That's how I would handle it. Yeah. And, and then, of course, worst of all, not even an attempt to get the patient into the appointment. You know what? I don't even make that comment anymore because all of your secret shopper calls, I, I've been listening to your podcast for years. I don't ever remember someone making an appointment. It's amazingly rare, isn't it? Yeah. All right, we've got one more call if you can tolerate it. I think this one's a little longer. Let's see what happens. Anything goes. Yeah, right? I got a question for you. I, I know I need a few crowns. I got told that about a year and year and a half ago. I haven't gotten them done yet. Um, okay. So you you do crowns in your office? Yes, we do. And I'm a little concerned about X-rays. Would you have to do X-rays? Uh, yes, we we normally uh, do, depending on the situation. But yes, we usually do. Mm-hmm. And and. They're completely safe, or do you think there's a, a risk involved? I'm just concerned. Well, I think there's, I mean, there's always a slight risk of, you know, anytime you're getting an x-ray taken, but it's not a long exposure time at all. It's just a very quick thing. So um, it wouldn't be that we would have you here, you know, for hours on end taking x-rays one after another. So the the risks are very, very minimal, though. I, I have them at least once a year, and, you know, I'm in my mid-50s, and, I'm still here. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that's good to hear. No, so, no, so it's such a very minimal exposure um, that you're exposed to. Plus, you we put a um, uh, a covering on your on your chest and your area first before any exercises are taken, though, too. So, mm-hmm. uh-huh. it's just always funny because they leave the room when they take them, but I'm in there, you know. <laughs> but I understand. Okay. All right. Yeah, because the doctor is going to have to definitely take a look, you know, depending on when your last cleaning was done as well. Um, but there's always, if she does uh, major work like that or if there's any decay or not, that's when they truly see how far the decay is or what she's working with, with the, the gum, the root line. Um, so that's where the x-rays come involved. Uh, what's the red line? The red line? The red line. I thought you just what said the gums, the, the gums and the red line, you said. No, the gums and the, the root, the, the area of the whole tooth itself. I didn't say a red line. Oh, okay. No. Okay. But, okay. That's, but that's where she's able to review, you know, what, what the natural eye cannot see. That's where mm-hmm. the um, x-rays come involved in, that she's uh-huh. able to read them. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, Wyatt, yeah. thank you so much. Thank You're you. welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.
Was that a date? Was that a first date? <laughs> that was way too much conversation. Of way too much. <laughs> okay, she went a little technical, you know, exposure, and, and also, you know, smart people out there, when it comes to covering the body for um, radiation, she said they cover your chest. So I'm thinking of a lead bra. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, it's so funny because you. Do you remember what else she said? She said, they cover your chest and your area. Which is- <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like private parts to me. Right? That's what she was insinuating. They cover your area. People are intelligent patients out there. They want to hear thyroid collar. That's like a big thing now, especially with women, because it is a big, a big increase in cancer with um, of, uh, of the thyroid. So, you know, she said just chest. So I'm thinking of the lead bra. We don't have one of those. And then you tell me she said area. That sounds like the genitalia area gets covered with lead. That's but, what I thought she was insinuating. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Too much conversation. Wait, well, you know, see, that's what I was going to say, too. I'm looking at that command central here. That call was two minutes and 20 seconds. Was it really? Two and a half minutes of time. And now, you know, I, I think some people say, and I think this is probably true, that the longer amount of time you invest, and I, I agree this was way too long, the, the, the potential patient becomes more invested too, and you have a better chance of them making an appointment. And she made no attempt, as you said. Right. That, that's true. The longer you engage the patient, but she didn't talk about things like, what town are you from? Oh, that's not a bad commute. You got family members, you got a husband that needs a dentist too. Yeah, if she was talking about some personal things, but engaging the patient, just discussing the x-ray situation, I don't believe that that builds any bond. No, I agree. I like how she said, I'm in my mid-50s and I'm still here and I get x-rays. It's like, oh, that's a real scientific study. Yeah, that, well, first of all, that doesn't make me sleep better at night. That sounds like, oh, you mean some people don't make it? Get up? <laughs> What was the red line? I heard her say red line three times. Yes. I I think um, she was saying root, but she had like a, I don't know if it's a upper Midwest maybe. I think she said root. That sounded like, um, like a Philadelphia accent. Root, root, root. Philadelphia, I think it would be root, root. Uh, uh, well, I could have sworn she said red line. Like I, I thought so too. I, I mean, I, I wasn't making a joke. I honestly thought that's what she said. said. I never said red line. <laughs> I just got all defensive. What are you, a pathological liar? You said four times. <laughs> I never said red line. I never said red line. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> well, too much. Well, hey, Dr. Anonymous, we have got to call an end to this podcast, unfortunately, because I think our listeners are probably either having a ton of fun and learning a lot, or they turned it off 20 minutes ago. So one or the other. But, um, any final words, Dr. Anonymous? Well, you know, I hope getting back to the earlier topic we were talking about, I hope more offices do feel comfortable of going out to lunch with their staff. And I think once a month is not a bad idea. If you're not going to do once a month, okay, once every quarter, fine. But I think once a month is safe. But as far as um, a spouse that's in- insecure about you know, their husband or their wife, you know, on the job and that uh, lunches are going to create romance. That's not the case. The, the lunch doesn't create the romance. That's, that's, it's not with that BLT and fresh cooked chips and the iced tea come out. That's not when it happens. No, no, <laughs> that's okay. It's, uh, 
it's not as socializing as like going out at night with your staff in a bar. It's that's not. That's a, now that's a little different. Yeah. Yes. No. That's different. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, um, thanks for sharing this interesting question. Um, thanks for explaining your specific situation and why this question meant so much to you. And um, maybe we will have Doctor Anonymous back again, unless you get busted and somebody figures the whole thing out. But in any case. I'm going to have to wrap it for today. For Dr. Anonymous, I'm Dr. Richard Maddo, co-founder of the Matter Center for Dental Practice Success. Thanks for being with us on the Dental Practice Fixers. I'll let you do the outro. <laughs> Take care. Don't forget your servers. Drive safely. <laughs> Bye.